Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 45 of wow. Unscripted. Yeah, how about that? I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is my good friend, the king of all promotional products in Coshocton, Ohio, <laughs> Dr. Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you? I am fantastic, man. Living through some weird Ohio weather right now. It's like you bring your sunglasses, your umbrella, your jacket, and your t-shirt all on the same day. So that's uh, it's doing good. But you? I'm doing great. I am ready to broadcast at an exceedingly high level today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm excited. And, you know, before we get started, I want to thank our, our sponsor this week. Uh, now, last week I made a little bit of a mistake. No. And I said, I, yep, shocking as it may seem, <laughs> so I hope everybody is sitting down. I thanked our sponsor of this podcast, and I, I called our sponsor Unscripted. <laughs> now, for those of you paying close attention at home, that's the title of the podcast. Yeah. But our sponsor is... And I think you know this, Kirby, the yep. good people at Common Skew. Absolutely. And it's it's a for people who are not aware of Common Skew, it's a cloud-based platform that's designed specifically for the promotional products industry. And it would keep you uh, from spending a lot of time sp- uh, entering orders, yep. gives you a hell of a lot more time selling, makes you look amazing in front of your clients, it keeps your team organized, it improves your workflow, and you get to see everything happening on your business, in your business, on a dashboard so get rid of that slow and outdated system my gosh this is the 21st century let's move on so if you'd like your free trial of common skew go ahead and visit them at commonskew.com backslash unscripted you will not be sorry that you spent a little bit of time to investigate this fantastic tool for the industry absolutely i totally and again as you know i'm a user so i recommend it and you should definitely check it out Excellent, excellent. Well, Kirby, I've got a few topics. Are you ready to get rolling? I am ready, and why don't you lead the way, my friend? Okay, so last week I was at uh, in Washington, D.C. with about 80 of our promotional products brothers and sisters mm-hmm. speaking to congressmen and senators on behalf of the promotional products industry. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it was a, a great experience. My blog uh, earlier this week was really about how I've, I've always been involved in the promotional products industry, but I don't think I felt committed until I uh, participated in this event. Um, but I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it because I think it's been written about and, and talked about and it was all over social media the last two weeks. But what I do want to talk about is I was asked by Paul Bellantone, the mm. uh, president and CEO of PPAI, uh, to stay an extra day in Washington, D.C. And it was an honor to be asked because mm-hmm. he wanted me and a few other people and about eight members or six or seven members of the PPAI board to participate in a strategic foresight work group. Um, as I think you're aware, PPAI is really uh, looking to add a ton more value to the uh, membership, their membership. Mm-hmm. They want to move from transactional to relational, and that's something you'll hear Paul Bellantone say anytime you talk to him. And so how do they become more relational? And one of the topics we discussed, and I want to get your take on this, and I think this is something uh, of 
for our audience if they want to participate in as well. Mm-hmm. So if PPAI was your dedicated research company, okay, mm-hmm. they, they would research anything you want because you're a member of PPAI, what would you want them to research? Hmm. And now a couple things that we talked about in the, uh, in the work group, and, and I can share this And while you're thinking of, of what you might want, and, and I might even hit on one of the ones you might want. Right. Maybe you want them to research trends and verticals. Okay. Maybe you want them to spend more time researching the economy and how it impacts our industry, um, whether it's trend forecasting, uh, things like that. So maybe, it's, maybe it is trend forecasting in terms of buying trends. Maybe it's the instability of North Korea, and that, that is a scary thing. And how might that disrupt the supply chain? Mm-hmm. One I thought I would really love them to do is how about the buying trends of Gen Z? Not Gen Y, not the millennials. I think we all you know, know kind of where the millennial head is at. But what about Gen Z? Those folks are starting to enter the workplace, and they right. will be the next group of buyers of our products. So those are a few of the things I thought about. So when I ask you if PPAI would be your dedicated research company, what would you want them to research? No, it's a super question, and frankly, I'm really excited that they're even considering it, right? like that. Th- those are the kind of things that I want my um, – advocates to be thinking of. Um, So I appreciate that and I appreciate what PPAI is doing. The thing that popped into my head right away um, is I think that the best in our industry think more like media agencies, think more like ad agencies. I think it would be super interesting to start and, and I'd have to really give more thought to the the logistics of this, but studies that show how our uh, uh, advertising medium successfully relates with other advertising mediums. So in other words, um, when combined with social media, when combined with TV, when combined with radio, whatever, Mm -hmm. which media tends to have the best mix with promotional premiums. Right. Um, And again, I think I'd have to really give more thought than I have so far to how you'd test that. But I think that would be an interesting thing as you're trying to – advise your clients on how to, you know, like an ad agency, like their marketing department. I mean, the fact is, I think so many times we bite off just our little thing. And if we could start to integrate our piece of the advertising puzzle with all the others, I think that would give us a a leg up and allow us to give better advice. That's an interesting one. Um, That's a really interesting one, Kirby. And that's not one that I don't recall coming up in Mm. in our discussion. So hopefully Paul's listening. I did ask him. (laughs) I did ask him. I said, do you mind me bringing this up on Unscripted? And he said, absolutely not. So my sense is that he will listen. I think that's something that that we should add to the list. So that's a great one. And so um, when I asked Paul if he would mind if I brought this up on Unscripted, he said, no, not at all. And, And I think it's an opportunity for the people who do listen to the podcast. And we do have quite a few listeners in our industry to when we post this on social media go ahead and comment in that box yeah um if there's something that you feel from a strategic foresight perspective and let's let's take the word strategic out of it industry foresight what would you want your association to do to help you become more successful in the next two to five years? Mm. And tag Paul Bellantone in that post, and it'll get to him. Yeah. And he'll add that to the list for, for consideration. Because, 
it was it was a wonderful eye-opening experience. I mean, the the people who were in that room, so many great thinkers, so many smart people. I, you know, it was one of those times I felt very almost inadequate being in that room. Mm. Quite frankly, yeah. Well, so it was a, they, they it was felt the same way for sure. Oh, I, oh, absolutely, <laughs> they felt the same way. Um, if you could see the puzzled looks when I walked in that room, like. What are you doing here? Did you miss your flight or something? You um, thought there were drink specials, but that's that- right, I did. Um, but it, it was it was a great time. But I, I wanted to get your perspective on that because you're someone I, I respect in the way you think. So thanks, man. Um, I thought it was a great great response you gave. So that's that's what I wanted to start off with. So I think you have a topic you want to go ahead and I do. Uh, so I appreciate it. Uh, you know, this is uh, one that. So many times when you're scrolling social media, I want to tell you a quick story and then and, and about something I saw and then honestly get your kind of take on it. So at local pool, right, a local mm-hmm. pool here in Coshocton County, they hire, um, they hire teens to be lifeguards like every pool in the country. I was a teen lifeguard myself, sir. I, I had a feeling. So the, the director of the park uh, did a Facebook post and just said, you know, advice to parents, right? Mm-hmm. If you're – um, teen is uh, you know applying for a job at the pool. Tell them to turn their voicemails on because I've called. She said I can't tell you how many disappointed teens there's going to be because I've called to try and they didn't answer, and then of course they didn't. Their mess voice box was full. There was blah blah blah. There was this. So they said just piece of advice, you know. Turn turn your voicemail box on. Whatever. Right. I was blown away by the amount of parents. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That so this is one of those multi-layered discussions, but mm-hmm. who got on there and said, "Well, my my kid doesn't uh, use their phone as a phone. They they don't mm-hmm. have voicemail. They don't they only text." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, then they don't have a job." Right. So, the, the you know the lesson I guess I was thinking was in the, something that's good for the rest of the audience is we need to communicate in the way that our receiver. The person that, that matters to wants to communicate. So many times I think we get hung up on this is the way we do things. What well, doesn't matter? And the idea that these parents are like, well, you know, my kid only texts. Well, your kid will work from your couch this summer because they are trying to do it their way as opposed to the way that the customer wants. Right. So a couple things. So you've heard me say a dozen times in, in talks I've given uh, and it's usually around the topic of millennials yep. and and baby boomers or or maybe even uh, older Gen Xers who are uncomfortable communicating with millennial buyers through text or yep. through social media. And my comment is is usually it's not um, a twenty five or thirty five year old's responsibility to communicate in a way you're comfortable. Oh yeah, it's your responsibility. So taking what you just said into consideration, I, I think you said it perfectly. It's the receivers. So. It's someone trying to give you a job. It, your boss, your potential boss, wants to communicate through through uh, handwritten notes through the mail. <laughs> yep. Then that's how you need to communicate because <laughs> that person is in charge of the communication. Yep. Like uh, it or not. Yeah. And it's the same thing with a client. So to me, a client is in charge of the communication. Yeah. No, I like that I, because again, if they want to. Now, I struggle. I'll be the first to admit it's not like I'm perfect at it. When people Facebook message me, that's one that I'll I, I will lose track of. Like right. I'll forget. You know what I mean? Because it's all mm-hmm. my. But at the end of the day, it's my fault that I forgot. It's not their fault. <laughs> right. Exactly. No. And and I I think like I said, it's the it's the the client or the boss yep. is in charge of the communication. Yeah. And sure. the vehicle. Right. So. In that in that respect, 
hey, you know, what you're, what those parents are ending up doing is teaching those, their kids that, hey, the way you want to do things is far more important than anybody else. And mm. I think that's a, you know, that's a, you said it's a multi-layered discussion and yeah. I could go off on a rant on this, um, but I won't. Well, again, <laughs> so, so you're teaching them one thing. The other thing you're teaching them is that your parents will <laughs> try and get you a job for you as opposed to you having to handle it on your own. Yeah. I mean, it my, is, like I would tell you, I would tell you my comment to my, my, my kids, they, they, my kids work, they are uh, soccer referees mm-hmm. and they have to, they get assigned games uh, they have to block out a calendar. And if they get assigned games, they can't just pick and choose which ones they accept. They accept all of them or they decline all of them and they don't like it. And you know what? Tough shit. Yeah. That's the way. This is a guy who's running. I God knows how many soccer games in a given weekend. <laughs> yeah. 135 referees, a ranging from age of probably I think there's probably a few 12 year olds who do it. Yeah. Up to up to some adults who just enjoy doing it, but the vast majority of them are teenagers, and so that's as we know, it's a fairly unreliable workforce. Yeah. In terms of showing up on time. And so he's got to manage that. And, yeah. and, and my comment to my kids is that when they complain about it is, hey, would you like his job? Because I know I wouldn't and try to corral <laughs> all you ding-dongs. There's no way I'd want to do it. For sure. So, yeah. No, I thought it was, it was just a funny yep. – yeah, every, every once in a while you see something on social media that's like, ooh, hey, it feels yep. like there's a lesson in there for business. Right. Cool, man. All right. Good. Nice. Well, I want to go back to the promotional products marketing industry. Love it. So, one of my one, I, I listen to a lot of talk radio. It's, it's something I enjoy, mostly sports. And one of the but but there's a lot of mediocre. Yeah, for sure. Very generic talk radio out there. And one of the, the most mediocre, lame discussion is always right. Is always goes along the lines of, okay, who's in the Mount Rushmore of the NFL? Mm. Who's in the Mount Rushmore of the Major League Baseball? Right. Yep. It's on the day that they don't have other topics, for sure. Correct. <laughs> it's it's correct. Uh, so I want to do a little bit of that for us, though. And, and yeah. hopefully it's a little less mediocre than I just set the table for. <laughs> but I want, I've been doing some thinking. So the promotional products industry has been around since, let's call it 1886. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. I think that's correct. Yep. Um, so almost 150 years. Right. Who is in the Mount Rushmore of promotional products? The four most influential people in the history of promotional products. And so I wrote some notes. Mm. Um, so I have an advantage. So while you're thinking of yours, I'm going to go through my notes. Okay. Now, the first one, I guarantee, is already on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. Because he's from the great city of Coshocton, Ohio, <laughs> the birthplace of promotional products. And that would be one Jasper Meek. So you're going to steal the one I can come up with off the top of my head. Uh, no, I'm not going to steal the one. It's just your fault for not preparing for, um, for a, question. A, a question you never knew would be coming. Um, so Jasper Meek uh, had a printing press, and he wanted to find a way to utilize it when he wasn't printing other things, and he decided to print on some burlap bags. Is that is that close? Is yes. That- Okay. That is true. And that would be 1886. I think you'd be remiss not putting Jasper Meek in there. So to me, he's in there. Now, here's some for discussion. Mm-hmm. So the inventor of the ballpoint pen, which would be Laszlo Biro in 1944. Mm. That one was going to roll right off my tongue, too. I'm sure. Um, maybe the Geiger family. I mean, they have had five generations of people in the promotional products industry over three centuries. I mean, they wow. founded their company in, in 1878, so I think that's a possibility. Wow, yeah. Stanley Linham, 
he merged the supplier association and the distributor organization into the specialty advertising association, which became PPAI. Okay, cool. So became like became our industry's association. Either I was thinking Norman Cohn, possibly from mm-hmm. ASI, certainly done a lot to raise awareness for the industry and a lot of great products that they've, they've sold throughout the industry, uh, throughout the years of the industry. Okay. Um, maybe Steve Slagle or Paul Bellantone from PPAI. Mm-hmm. I, I would probably argue more, more Paul Bellantone than Steve Slagle, not that Steve didn't do a great job, but I think Paul has really, um, I mean, really raised PPAI to a tremendous level. I mean, do you realize as recently as like I think 2002 that distributor sales only distributor principals were allowed on the expo floor? (laughs) Wow. So, I I mean, you talk about someone who's really opened up what we do to a broader industry. I remember when I got to the industry, how much, uh, you know, it was was secretive. It's like only, you know, like you get – PPB magazine or counselor magazine that was only for the owners of the company because the they didn't want the salespeople to see it for fear that that <laughs> might go somewhere else. So I think they've done a lot to open up up the open up the industry. Yeah, we've we've got to work on our transparency as industry. <laughs> as, as I've always stated, our industry is founded on complete paranoia and mild alcoholism. Yeah, for sure. Um, so those are some I came up with. So besides Jasper Meek, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but who who do you think might be in the discussion? Again, I don't think we come to any conclusions today. Yeah. No, and, and I, you know, because this is a tough topic without uh, a fair amount of uh, prep work, I'm going to... I'm gonna Again, v- that's not my fault. Yeah, no, fair, fair. I'm going to veer off. Um, okay. So I, I, I want to go to a little bit more contemporary version of, okay. of the, the Mount Rushmore. So for me, uh, Paul Bellantone was actually the first person I wrote down. Okay. Um, um, so Paul has gotten a lot of mentions on this show. I assume he's, he and the entire PPAI team are going to share the podcast all over the industry. Well, that's <laughs> the idea. Yeah, right? I mean, the, the idea is to name drop enough so that our podcast becomes more relevant and our great sponsor in Comiskey becomes more excited about being partners with us. Yeah, for sure. And so speaking of, I think uh, the, another person who's on that Mount Rushmore is Mark Graham. Uh, so I'm not just saying that. Because I would combine Mark and Catherine. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. If we're going contemporary, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, I think uh, our buddy Dana Zezo uh, is a person who's an ambassador for the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Kiwi. Is, yep. is a person. good one. Both, yeah. both Dana and Paul Kiwi are good considerations. Yeah, and then finally Danny Rosen. Those are the ones that literally just those those all just popped into my head when right. we were talking about it. <laughs> you know, it was it was Dana Zezo, Danny Rosen, Mark Graham, Paul Bellantone, and Jasper Meek. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, not a lot of people these days name Jasper. It's yeah, kind of one of those names. Kind of one of those names. Got away like from at, us. Yeah, kind of like Ethel or yeah. Beulah or you know Horace. <laughs> you just don't find a lot of those folks anymore. I think that's a shame. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I think we've got some good ones here. I don't. Again, I don't know how you narrow it down to four. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's a couple we agree on. There's a couple I think definitely for consideration. Uh, and I don't even know where we would build said Mount Rushmore. I guess somewhere. <laughs> I, I would guess somewhere in Irving, Texas, near the uh, PPAI headquarters, perhaps, yeah. or so. in Coshocton, for sure. Or in Coshocton. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we got time for one more Kirby. You want to roll one out? Yeah. So I got it, this is a more of a fun one, but I wanted to get give you. Um, it's actually a topic I had thought about with you in mind. Um, so um, I was thinking both of us have kids. I have two daughters. You have two sons. Um, 
and I, you know, I think through the things that, you know, it's, it's both the best and most fun job and sometimes the most challenging job um, of being a parent of teens in particular. Um, it's always a, one of those whenever I, I am talking and I'm like, how many of you have teenagers or had teenagers? And everybody mm-hmm. raised their hand and I'm always like, my condolences. Absolutely. Um, but so I was thinking through what advice that if you were to ask your kids, not the ones that you're like, hey, I want them to know this, right? Mm-hmm. But what advice do you think your kids would say that you give them the most? So what? Like, I, I actually right. texted my daughters mm-hmm. um, like a half an hour ago and neither have responded. So I can't get an honest answer from what they would say. But I, I, I think I have some ideas of the yeah. ones that they would think I would say. So I can tell you that or I can just give, you know? it, give you the floor. I'll take the floor. Okay. Um, so I, the one that pops into my mind, and, and it has to do with just the world they live in, right? Mm-hmm. It's very different than the world I grew up in and the world my parents grew up in. Mm-hmm. I, I really say a lot of times, value the person in front of you mm. more than the one on your phone. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a dying, I don't want to say dying art, but it seems to be, uh, they struggle with that, mm-hmm. the the a lot of adults do too. Absolutely, yeah. no question. And it's it's I think it's solid advice. It's I, I have to remind them constantly that cell phone, except accepting your parents, that cell phone is for your convenience, not everybody else's. <laughs> right, for sure. Right, and so just because your 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 ding dong friend texted you and he wants to play Xbox, you don't have to respond in 0. 0.6 nanoseconds. <laughs> it's really okay if we finish the conversation. Yeah. And so I think the, the first piece of advice I give them is value the person in front of you and give them the respect and attention that a human interaction needs like uh, more than the one on the phone. And I think the second one is there's more joy in serving others than mm. serving yourself. Um, they are, uh, you know, my kids are, 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 they're good kids, but they're kids mm-hmm. and they're 14. And so that means their world is very narcissistic yeah. and everything, you know, from chores to anything that's not fun and completely kick ass <laughs> yeah. is, is a complete pain. And one of the things I, th- I'm really trying to instill in them is, you really find out who you are in the true joy in life by serving others. Yeah. I get more, you know, I, you know I love to cook. Yeah. It's one of my great joys in life. And I love to cook because I think I enjoy just that whole theater of preparation and, and, and doing it for someone else. Yeah, that's awesome. What, what, do, you, what do you think you, yours are? Yeah, so I think the thing I find myself saying a lot is life is about choices. Um, and historically speaking, you can't control everything in life, but if you consistently make good choices, you tend to have a good life. The people who struggle the most make poor choices. (laughs) It's, and it's funny. It's so basic, but man, look around, (laughs) right? And so that's probably the thing that I say the most. Um, the other thing, and again, I, I think you train people how to treat you. Right. Right. I, I think you draw boundaries and you, you teach people how they can talk to you. You teach people Correct. how they can treat you. Um, and the final one is that the, you need to focus on your effort mm-hmm. and, and results will follow. So many times one. we are, as parents, as teachers, as coaches, we're so focused on results. But what you can control mm-hmm. is the effort. And so those are my three. I'm going to add two more real quick. Yeah, please. Um, uh, one is... 
you can't control how people treat you. You can only control your reaction. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, that's one. And the other one is have enough pride to always do your best. It's mm. good stuff, man. Yeah, that was great. That was kind so, of deep. Yeah, it was. It did get deep. But so I, I, as always, I want to thank you for having the courage Thanks, to do this podcast with me. And as a reminder to our listeners, please visit our friends at commonskew.com and, and hit that backslash unscripted for your free trial. It truly is a tremendous platform. And for years, many of us have wanted a platform that's designed specifically with the promotional products industry in, in, in mind. This is cloud-based. It's gorgeous. And it helps you stay organized and sane. So again, please visit unscripted. Uh, nope. Let's try that again. Nope. I almost did it like I did last week. Damn it. <laughs> Visit commonskew.com backslash unscripted. And uh, when you're there, tell Bark, Catherine, and the crew we said hi. Love it. That's awesome stuff, man. Kirby, you have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you next time, buddy. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday only at promocorner.com, the leading digital marketing service for the promotional products industry.